welcome to our podcast and welcome to our first podcast slash YouTube video on yeah. recording on Teams um, because me and Jenny um, do not live that close to each other um, and we thought that um, actually it would just be a little bit easier to do it like this sometimes but we'll see we're kind of uh, feeling has it has it been easier so far <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. we said we were going to start recording at a certain time and uh, it's maybe like uh, 45 minutes past that time <laughs> so yeah definitely um it's um it's, it's been a learning journey already <laughs> for yeah, the podcast, we're anyway. all learners you know yeah, we are all learners. That is very true. Um, anyway, to get on to, so we always like to start our show with a little bit funny, something a little bit funny. Sorry, that doesn't make any sense in English. What I just said before, um, something a little bit funny. Um, and so um, we started. We're starting off with a little bit of break time banter. Oh, here we go. I was very stressed getting ready for a field trip, and three of my students kept st- touching stuff on my desk and asking me questions and grabbing things and just messing around with me. I finally had enough and I was like, can you guys stop effing with my S? And they just looked at each other and I was like, oop. And I had to tell my boss and he laughed. Worked in a behaviour school. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that would that would actually be me. I've, I've only done it, I want to say I think once. I what swore. swore yeah, I swore in a classroom and I did like totally didn't mean to but it just it just came out but what happened was I just kept on talking like I hadn't sworn <laughs> just to like just be like but you didn't hear that and I could see <laughs> it's brain, like what you do like, with like your own time like, little children yeah well well no these were like year 10s and they so they like definitely heard me but um, yeah, I just tried to pretend that they didn't hear it and I just didn't address it at all. I just literally just carried on and I was like, if I carry on, they'll never know. <laughs> Drown them out just by keep talking. Yeah, so that's exactly. um, I've, I've managed to never swear, but when you were saying there about her being, he or she being quite protective of their devices. Yeah. When I was trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, I was a little bit like that. Like a kid came a bit too close to me and I was in the waiting room whilst doing the register. And I was like, don't come near any of my devices. I miss what's going on as I'm trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> oh, at least you're honest with them. Oh, I was yeah. like, ignorance is bliss. If I just don't say anything, they'll never, never ask. And they never asked me because they were obviously thinking to themselves, nah, I don't want to ask Miss if she just swore just now. But they were like, she definitely did. She definitely did. So if, if they did ask you, you just keep talking at them and they'll ask. I was like, like, carry, they just will never know. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Anyway, um, yeah, so today we wanted to address um, mental health in the teaching profession. Now, likeliness is we will do probably, we will probably mention this multiple times in our podcast because um, both myself and Jenny have experienced different um, kind of mental health issues during our careers. And um, part of being a happy teacher, obviously, is how happy your mental health is. Um, And so this is something really, really important to both of us. And we thought, you know what, Um, dark, dreary January and February, um, you know, people feeling a bit down um, and it's still dark outside and we're just like going to work in the dark, coming home in the dark and everything just seems a little bit like, oh, 
like especially I think I was saying to you um about this December dip like I always say like by the time you get to December you're just like crawling to the end kind of thing um and I always say like you've got to get past that December dip um although I don't like counting my life down by getting Mm -hmm. past teaching holidays um but I feel like that December is just one of the like mental health kind of um crux points within the year so we thought it would be um a good thing to speak about um so yeah, and just, hand over also, to you. I was just gonna say just to add to that like I remember when I was you know just into teaching and people saying oh just get to Christmas and it gets easier and I kind of think those six weeks that were in you know between after Christmas to February half term I actually think they're harder because at least you kind of got the countdown to Christmas and I know you get some of the craziness in the classroom where they just want to watch mm-hmm. videos and things but at least it's kind of quite fun working down to Christmas whereas I think you then get back in January there's no you know specific holiday in sight to look forward to Um, it's still dark it's still dreary you're suddenly thinking god I've only got this amount of months left until I've got to finish the GCSE course or the A-level course Um, so I think this can be quite a hard time for people. Um, Both me and Jenny had children around the same time actually Um, so we kind of had quite a few I don't know how many years we had before we had kids in teaching I had I at I least five years I think it was seven. I think I had seven yeah so you had longer than me but um so we we kind of wanted to talk about like pre-teaching what our mental health was like pre-teaching pre-children pre-children <laughs> pre-teaching our mental health is brilliant I mean you're joking and joking <laughs> Pre pre-children um, yeah so both myself and Jenny have had um I don't want to speak for you Jenny but both both of us have had like issues with our mental health within um our time as teachers um mine specifically is to do with working in a toxic a really really toxic workplace that I used to work in um and I know Jenny's is is slightly different so um we just wanted to kind of like express what like why are experiences turned into those kind of really negative like mental health experiences during those times um so Jenny what was yours kind of going to be based around yeah so I think we've kind of discussed this briefly already and ours are quite different so um I kind of wanted to talk a bit about my life as a teacher pre being a parent um but actually the time that I found the hardest was when I was first navigating parenthood and still teaching and the role that I was doing in the hours that I was doing um so yeah I don't know if I could, I could talk a bit about kind of how I managed things before children um I don't think I ever really thought about having bad mental health um as a teacher before having children but I equally think looking back I was in some situations as you say that we're kind of getting to be a little bit toxic but because I didn't have any caring responsibilities at home I could do those extra hours and was so, like so young in my 20s that I just kind of thought that's what you had to do. And actually looking back now, some of those experiences probably were quite bad for my mental health, but I was just able to cope. Um, you know, so I think back to kind of previous schools in the beginning of my career where, you know, where a school doesn't really have a whole school behaviour policy and you're just trying to, you're a brand new teacher and you're trying to sort mm-hmm. out tensions yourself yeah. and you're getting SAT support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, we've all had those experiences, haven't we? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like maybe when 
like you came into it younger than me but like I, even I came into it when I was like 25 and I feel like I had more energy like I had more time mm. I had more kind of get up and go about me just to like go and do these things at school and so you're right like even though it may have been quite toxic um you, you kind of just didn't notice as much so what kind of changed for you when you had kids like what do you think made the difference so I was in a very strange situation in that I was um, interviewing for a job not knowing that I was pregnant so then starting a new role already very pregnant so trying to prove myself before I then went off on maternity leave and then feeling this need to come back quicker than I was ready Um, and then in kind of a oh I'm not explaining this very well I might have to edit this bit sorry but in a I just kind of assumed it had to be full-time because I hadn't been there long enough to prove myself yet so part of it I feel like is on me that I should have thought no I don't have to prove myself in a full-time capacity I can prove myself in a part-time capacity but mm. part of it was it felt really unheard of because I was I was a head of department at that time to be a, a part-time head of department in that particular place of work. Yeah. So for me, I'd come back to work, I'd done shared parental leave. So I'd come back to work when my first child was nine months old. I think I definitely needed longer and I'd come back full-time. Um, and I think it was that com- combination of trying to prove myself and do this job well. Um, it was my first head of department role, but, not, but I'd been a head of year before, but first head of department role. Um, and I was trying to obviously be the best mum I could be. And I just felt like I was just letting everyone down. Mm. Um, and it just got to a stage where I'd get home from work, determined to kind of not stay there late. So I was like, I want time with my child. So I do all the kind of, you know, dinner, bedtime and everything. And then as soon as he fell asleep, then I would go back to work until about half 11 at night, set my alarm at six. And it was just repeat five days a week and on Sunday afternoon just to get everything done. Um, so it also obviously points to a workload issue. So for me, it was specific to becoming a parent. But I think a huge part of it is, you know, the elephant in the room that workload is just unmanageable for teachers. Um, and I think just it, it was all those things together um, where I just reached a point where I was like, I'm just not doing anything well. And you know me, I like to do things well. <laughs> Um, you, are, you are definitely one of those people that wants to do like put everything into it you know like there's not you t- kind of don't leave anything behind at all um like for me because I was the same I went well I went back after a year after my first child so I did do the full year and um, but I did go back full time but I went back and I was already pregnant with my second so for me I kind of already had it in my mind like it's okay because I only have to do like mm. not that many months before I can go back on maternity leave again um in the in October the end of the October um so so for me it wasn't the same in that sense but when I went back after my second that's yeah. when I felt the the same kind of thing that you felt yeah. um except like not that long after I'd gone back from my second COVID happened and so we were like again then at home like quite a lot yeah so we must have had quite I'm just thinking the dates when was your second child born 2000 and 
2018 so I went back to work in 2019 in the November and then if you remember rightly it was like 2020 March time I can't remember the exact date probably March or something like that it was like around that time where we had our first lockdown so I'd actually only been back to work like maybe four months um, before going into a lockdown which in a way like now looking back I'm like wow like that gave me so much extra time with my second which I never would have gotten um and so for me it wasn't it wasn't the same now when when we went back after Covid though oh that's for me that that was my lowest point yeah do you know what that's the point so I had my second child a little bit later than you didn't I so I had my second child in um 2019 so I came back um yeah during Covid but a little bit later than you I had a short period of time from kind of May which is when I went back until the Mm. summer holidays where it was all still at home so you know so it was manageable it was I was like oh I can do this um I'd also managed to negotiate by then that I was down from being a full-time to a 0.8 head of department so I was coming in four days a week but I obviously wasn't going in anywhere I was just at home um and then in September we were all back in the classroom again mm-hmm. and because it was the whole year group bubbles you know and they all had to commit yeah, at different yeah, yeah. times and um, the school I was at extended the school day to accommodate that and I just got all my childcare in place and all of a sudden it was like oh you have to arrive 20 minutes earlier I'm like, I can't arrive 20 minutes earlier because I'm my dropping my children at the childminder as early as she can do it yeah and essentially I said I can't do this um and they were kind of understanding in terms of kind of saying okay you've got this childcare in place but it was on a short-term basis it was like oh let's review it again come half term mm-hmm. I was thinking nothing's going to change come half term I'll still have two children <laughs> come half term um so that's when I resigned I had no job to go to and I just resigned and at that point in time I thought I'm don't think my next job is going to be in teaching. Mm. And we, the thing is that, that wasn't me at my lowest though, because I knew because I'd been at my lowest after my first child, I knew the sign straight away. And I was like, I'm not letting myself get buried down in this. Like this mm-hmm. isn't working and it's never going to work. So I just resigned. Um obviously just as a kind of disclaimer, so it doesn't seem completely reckless, like notice periods are so insanely long in teaching, aren't they? And especially in private schools. So I knew I'd still resigning in September meant I'd still be working there the following Easter so yeah I mean so for me it was um when we came back properly from Covid like yeah like where we weren't going basically in and out of lockdowns so what had happened was right right before um Right before lock, it must have been before the lockdowns, or maybe it was during. I don't even know. I can't even think of the time <laughs> now. Um, we had a teacher, um, and I'd already been at the school for seven years by this point. Um, and this is the school we worked at together. Um, but I'd stayed on. You'd obviously left like however many years before that. Um, and we'd got a new head teacher. Now, remember. I had not worked with that head teacher very much before we went into lockdown. So basically that four months that I went back from maternity leave, had I kind of really been under that new head teacher. Um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't get good vibes when I went back from maternity leave, but 
because we went into lockdown so quickly after, it was almost like, well, I don't really have to work under that kind of leadership. Um, it's kind of, It doesn't feel as pressing like on you when you're not there in school every single day. Yeah. Um, so when we went back, I remember saying to one of my colleagues, like, I think it was like the October half, by the October half term, I was like, I've got to go, I've got to leave. Like, this is just not, mm. not working. And um, this colleague um, who you know as well um, was literally like, no, you know what? Just give it a ch- like, give it a little bit more of a chance. You know, you never know. Um, it might get better. So what had happened was um, this head teacher had kind of come in and basically put everything down that we that we'd kind of built over those seven years like basically said that everything was rubbish we weren't an outstanding school in his eyes we um all the teachers were rubbish um it was extremely toxic work environment um he no praise no nothing like literally no you'd get nothing from him like that and it was literally like work 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 like there was no breathing space to do anything and um I was ahead of year um as I still am but I was ahead of year there um and it just got untenable they upped my hours they upped my they upped my amount of duties they upped um what else did they up they up yeah they up my amount of break duties they up my amount of lunch duties so although you know I so I've always been a big believer in like not doing any work at home I basically barely you you would pretty much never find me doing work at home anymore unless like last week I hadn't planned my assembly and at the last minute I, I, I kind of planned an assembly but that didn't really take me too long and I don't mind really planning assemblies yeah. at home but to be honest like you won't find me taking marking home you won't find me doing anything like that at home I whatever I can't fit into the school hours I just I just leave till the next day or like or whenever I mean that is how it should be we are paid a certain amount of hours a week yeah and and I, I don't leave school at three o'clock. Like I can't, like I, I leave school maybe like probably about 4.30 every day. So like I do stay at school for a good at least hour and a half after school to make sure, you know, like I'm up to date with everything. But I know in my mind, as soon as, as soon as I step through my door at home and I've got two kids like screaming at me, like, or I'm running to a club or I'm doing something with them, like cooking their dinner, doing whatever. Like yeah. I don't have to dedicate any of my time, my evening to school. And that's not because I don't love being a teacher. And that's not because I'm not a really good teacher. Like I'll blow my own trumpet here. Like it is literally because I just can't, I can't do it anymore. I used to do it. Um, well, I can't do it anymore. And the way that that head teacher set up the school was, like I said, untenable. I, I couldn't take it anymore. So I mm-hmm. think by the, I want to say like by the January time, I was like, I have got to get out of here. Like I was, I was literally, I felt like I was dying inside. Like I just didn't want to teach. I hated I hated it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I was looking up other professions. I was like, what can I do? Anything to kind of get me out of there. And then um, within teaching jobs, you don't really get like any jobs kind of coming out until about Feb, 
Yeah. Round, round about Feb time, you get a couple, but it's like very few and far between. And so I was just kind of like trying to wait it out until some of the jobs came out. And at the time I was going for assistant head jobs because I was like, oh, I really want promotion. I was not in the right headspace. Like I can look back now and be like, yeah, I, I, I can totally see why I would not have gone to an interview and done interviewed very well. Um, and then I got an interview for the, the school I'm currently at. And um, it was about two weeks before Easter, I got the interview and I went to the first interview on the Monday and I came home and on the Tuesday morning, I woke up and I couldn't walk. I could, I was vomiting every time I walked. I felt so dizzy, like I just couldn't even, I couldn't even get up out of bed. It was like the weirdest, weirdest thing. So obviously I called uh the doctor and they basically said listen you've got vertigo I thought it might be vertigo. Yeah. I'd never yeah, seen vertigo before like that I had suffered like sometimes you know with like a little bit of the ringing in the ear and stuff like that which could be vertigo um but I called my mum my mum's had vertigo before and she was like no that is 100% vertigo and the doctor I went to the doctor I couldn't even get out of bed so I didn't even go to the doctor like I called them and they were like that's what you're describing is vertigo we're going to send your prescription to like whatever the the pharmacy um and they were like we're going to sign you off for two weeks because there's just no way you can go into, like I couldn't drive I couldn't go into work uh, yeah. and um that was brought on through stress and that was brought on through me being so low at that school um and remember I'd gone to this interview on the Monday and I'd woken up on the Tuesday like that and at this school they'd done two, like a two-day interview process and they were like um they called me up on the Tuesday and they were like oh you've got through to the next round on the Thursday and I literally was like oh no like and I didn't tell them on the phone like but I can't walk at the moment so yeah. Um. Like honestly, that was the most messed up interview of my life because I literally, I went to that interview thinking I have to get this job because I have to get out of this school. How did you even get to the interview? Did someone drive you there? Luckily, the medication had started working slightly. I still felt very dizzy. I could walk, but not very long distances, and I had to literally keep my head like this. Like, if I moved it at all, like, even like that, I just felt like I was going to vomit, like, straight away. And that, sometimes I was vomiting. So, yeah, my mum drove me, <laughs> drove me to my, like, the child that I felt that day. <laughs> oh, my interview. When I got there, the head's PA was like, oh, you okay? Like, she could tell something was like, yeah. and I was like, listen, I was like, I didn't really want to say anything, but. I'm, I've got vertigo at the moment and I really like have to just keep my head like really straight oh. so I'm like, straight their head's PA I'm not joking you she like linked arms with me she was like oh my shoulder I was like you know what this is a good school like, <laughs> yeah. like they were really like caring like obviously so I went into the interview and it was the two deputy heads and the head teacher and I just told them basically I just said listen I've got vertigo like I might look a bit strange like during the interview um and yeah and then and then they called me that evening and they were like we 100% want to give you the job we love you blah blah and I was just like oh and you know I just breathed that yeah, like, and I was <gasps> like thank god but you know what 
even after that point, even knowing that I had another job to go to in September, I mean, we're at Easter at this point, so we're like Mm -hmm. April time. Oh, the rest of that year was just horrendous. It was horrendous. I was the lowest I've ever felt that whole year. Even though you knew you had something better to go to. It it was just trying to get through. It was just so hard because it was so long. It was just relentless. It was relentless. Everything was relentless. And um, even on the last day, I'd been there for nine years. So nine years of my career, I was at this school um, and he banned speeches, the head teacher. Because why would you ban speeches? The year before when about 39 members of staff left the year before. I remember, so, you know, we meet up, as we've said in previous podcasts, every half term, so us two and the other two teachers that all worked at that school. And I do feel like on a half-termly basis, it was like hearing the two of you talk like you're in a war zone. Oh, my God. I said, right, so me and the other our other colleague, um, we basically said, when we left, Right. It's like we've got some kind of like it was like we were in a toxic relationship. It was like we were in a, an abusive relationship. It's the only way I can describe it. Um, some kind of toxic relationship that we were being like educationally gaslit. Like that's the only way that I can describe it. When we were there, we were being told, no, oh, no, like you can have a well-being like we had a well-being week or something like that. And the, but the, in the well-being week, they would include like a parents evening still or they would include a, it's like that's not really a well-being week is it like that's not really trying to like reduce our workload for that week and like whatever else but it was like we were definitely being gassed it like on so many different levels um like oh no it's not it's absolutely fine I don't know what you're going on about kind of thing it's like no yeah. like and I think that now looking back I'm like oh my god how did I put up for, with it for like two years because basically I was <laughs> worn down aren't you that you kind of you don't have the confidence to say actually Mm. that lesson wasn't a bad lesson it was actually an amazing lesson and you're just oh my god the observations oh my god the anxiety attacks I used to have about the observations there it literally gives me like PTSD to think but I literally even when at my current school when they say they're going to do an observation I literally still panic and they're fine at my new school like it's fine like nothing's been ever like ever been like that kind of way at all in fact they're extremely laid back compared to the old school that I was in um but yeah it was was just horrible and um it was for a number of different reasons but yeah mainly and I I was gonna say it's very similar to the workload the workload was just but the the not understanding not caring they just didn't care. And it was really, really clear they didn't care. You know, listening to all of this, obviously all this sounds very familiar to me, but just like if you've got any listeners that aren't teachers themselves, just just a lot of things there, I think you just wouldn't know, would you? Like you wouldn't know that if you're, you know, you've got your child's at an academy rather than a, you know, a kind of local education authority, state comprehensive, that the kind of the rights that the teachers don't have Mm. how their workload can just get worse and they can't do much about it absolutely so like I'm at a state 
comprehensive now like no it's not an academy it's not even part of a trust anything like that mm-hmm. and genuinely I don't know if I'd ever work for an academy ever again because and I know that's going to be really rare because there's a lot of academies out there now um but it's uh yeah the rights that teachers have um are pretty much nothing you don't you don't have any rights in an academy so we've without this obviously could be an entirely new topic couldn't it but again you know and what I don't I, I think I'm the same as you I don't think I'd work for an academy again because I don't I think the kind of negatives massively outweighed any I'm saying benefits but I can't see anything that was better working mm-hmm. at an academy working at a regular state comprehensive I only saw negatives um yeah um yeah so I guess one thing that I wanted to say before we moved on to the um get in the bin go for the win section um or whatever we're calling room 101 um is just to kind of reiterate how my story Roxy's story they're really not rare I think if you speak to almost any teacher they'll have had either kind of time off with work-related anxiety, depression, they'll have tried to kind of struggle on through, they'll have burnt out, they'll have left the profession, and they just get themselves through to each holiday and then, you know, having mini burnouts. Um, And part of what I was doing for this episode was doing quite a bit of research, um, and one that's got loads of loads of resources, one charity, um, is Education Support. So they're the only UK charity dedicated to mental health and well-being of all education staff across um nursery schools universities that sort of thing um, and so they do a teacher well-being index every year and this is their seventh annual survey um amongst around 3,000 educational professionals um, and their statistics I just wanted to read a few of them out and I think these can be food for thought in another episode but last year of those 3,000 78 percent of all education staff are stressed wow and um, that rises to 89 percent among senior leaders and 95% amongst head teachers. Um, and then 51% of all teachers, this is teachers now rather than educational staff, um, have difficulty sleeping or have insomnia. Um, and 36% of teachers are currently experiencing burnout. Yeah, I can I can see why, to be quite honest with you. Um, and you're right, pretty much every one of my teach friends. I can't even one teacher friend that has not gone through something that has negatively affected their mental health in education, which is sad. But it is sad, uh, isn't it? It needs to be spoken about, and hopefully, it does. It's not going to get any better if we all just kind of pretend it's fine, or if we all kind of oh, do the stupid thing that people think that they have to do, like oh, it's a vocation. It's all about the children. Mm, yeah, it it's is about the children, but it's about the children, but it's about the humans that are teaching the children and as we say time and time again like you're not going to get like if you if you want to have happy students you need to have happy teachers teaching them yeah exactly definitely okay so <laughs> into <you>. more <laughs> is, what is it get in the bin get in the bin go for the win oh okay yeah go on then like go on jenny it's your one this week <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of linked to my specific experience of what kind of caused my period where I did get signed off from work for a few weeks um, as well um, is workplaces that don't consider flexible hours or they do but once you've got any leadership position whatsoever they're like oh no we can't make that work part-time mm-hmm. yeah. oh you want to a department I oh, know that's a full-time role um yeah so that's my get in the bin because I just think there are so many 
other schools out there that do make it work and so many other professions where it is absolutely normal that you're incredibly senior mm. and you're part-time or you're a job share um so that is my get in the bin good get in the bin I like that one I, and I actually I've got a story of a friend recently she she just came back off maternity leave and she um wanted to go down to two days um and she was already head of department on three days they wouldn't allow it on two days um they said no we can't accommodate you even though they'd hired somebody else that had said that they would do like a job share type thing um so that it wouldn't be like there's no head of and they said no so now she's just having to just teach not just teach but you know what I mean um the role of being head of department which she was before um so yeah I think that's definitely something that schools could should consider more especially in middle leadership and SLT which we you pretty much never see let's face it and and I think this probably is a whole extra episode um and actually saying that we should say um we've got our first guest speaker coming up soon um it's Emma Shepherd from the MTPT project so that's the only UK charity um, for parent teachers and we'll talk a lot about these things and yeah you're right like a big part of the problem is just complete not complete lack that sounds a bit harsh but the rarity of job shares in middle leadership and senior mm-hmm. levels and getting part-time work that's anything less than 0.8 I feel yeah. like I knew I know a few people that's oh middle leader 0.8 0.8 seems to be all nah. right and that's four days a week essentially but like I think anything less than that they just don't even consider they just don't even consider um and but yeah. so many ways to make it work so yeah so the go for the win is create life-friendly schools like build your timetable around part-time staff be open to every single role potentially being a job share being part-time um you know there are loads of charities out there so shared headship network flexible teach talent that show how it can work and there are some you know pilot schools out there and that show it can be done Um, I'll put loads of things in the show notes for people that are interested but it just I just think it's very possible lots of schools are doing it but they are absolutely the minority and therefore we've got a teacher retention crisis yes we do we do (laughs) um okay well thanks for listening and we will on the next podcast and the next one we're going to be talking about well-being in the holidays Mm, yeah what do you do for well-being and holidays we'll we'll kind of cross um cross that makes sense we'll kind of look at that next next time um thanks for listening and see you soon thanks bye bye